three, two, one. All right, folks. Kyle and I are back with a new episode of Camp Podcast. A rather short one going into briefly Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones and what critics and the audience are saying about it, uh, as well as doing an article on, was it CNN, that was trying to say how beneficial it would be to for young people to live in these pod societies with no privacy. Yeah. Yeah, single, no children. No pets. Um, yeah, so with Dave Chappelle's, the, you just told me recently, the initial audience review and critics review, the, the critics gave Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special, which came out within the last month or so, a zero, and the audience rated it, what was it, 99? Yeah, 99%. Both of those things don't happen a lot on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, usually you can find at least one or two critics that are like, you know, you know what, it was funny, but 0%. And then yeah. you know, for almost every audience member, rank it as 99 to guess generally something. So it's kind of interesting. The most recent update on that, I think, the critics have come around. There's been a few more upticks, improving scores on the t- uh, critic side of things, but now it's a 31 and 99, which is still a big discrepancy. Yeah, I think I think it's telling, too, that the positive reviews didn't come in until the, the uh, audience score was revealed. That's interesting. But usually, it seems like on Rotten Tomatoes, they do a pretty good job where the critics come in and it's like they don't really care what the audience has to say and they try and do it objectively. But yeah. maybe when you have such a discrepancy there. Maybe, yeah, maybe but you were it. saying... You were saying that the critics initially were saying that it was just too. They were they were saying that they that Dave Chappelle's special was kind of going against. Um, it was a little counterproductive to what would be beneficial in society. Yeah, and it was too anti PC. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of the initial rebound from critics were a step back for our culture and a step back for us accepting other people and uh, all this stuff but I, I is that like the point of comedy point of comedy to like push push acceptance and social values or well i mean it, it can be both i think these days that you have a bunch of comedians out there dave chappelle you have joe rogan bill burr and they're all kind of and I, I think that there's a lot of other comedians out there but like kind of some of the big the big hitters are trying to poke holes in our current um, very politically charged climate where instead of having discussions, everybody is so quick to, to try and suppress people yeah, and yeah. get offended by language. And so, yeah, it, they're, they're, they definitely have some political agenda, but I think it's trying to break down some of the barriers as far as people being able to express ideas, trying to open things up for, for freedom of speech, essentially. Yeah, create a dialogue. And I, I think the funniest thing, so uh, actually, before we go into like the super, super big, like talking about the, like, what did you think of, what did you think about the sticks? I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. I, I thought that unlike some other comedians who are kind of going in and the nightclubs nonstop and are continually honing in, on their crap. Dave Chappelle's at such a place where 
he can just go out there and put out a special and gets a ton of attention and still has some good creative messages. But I just thought it wasn't as well crafted as other stuff that I've seen. So I understand maybe the critics are are saying that it's not as good as as some of his previous stuff. But I, I I found myself laughing at a lot of a lot of things in there. Um, but I don't think it was it was as well crafted as it could be. But it had some really good ideas, and uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought I thought it was funny, and I agree with you. It wasn't the most polished. I've seen ever, but I don't, I don't think it needed to be because I, th- I think the uh, his goal with this seems like, especially naming it Sticks and Stones, was to just go after as many people as possible. I think he hit most of. He, he talked about like all these different, and I, yeah. I think like a lot of the. I was trying to scroll through the the critic reviews, and like a lot of them were saying like it was funny until they made a comment about this thing, which and then if you go look up that critic, like they, they belong to that. So it's like it's it's just an interesting thing. Like you can make fun of anything, just don't make fun of me and my my thing. Which is exactly kind of the point that Dave Chappelle was making in there. It seemed like exactly, yeah. I think that was like the biggest irony of it. And offended, and he names it sticks and stones, like the old saying in our current environment. I don't know. It, I thought that, uh, I yeah. I mean, it was definitely a sensitive topic. You know, his whole analogy as far as the. LGBTQ, all the alphabets in a car going down and <laughs> kind of like a little bit pushing back against each other yeah. for their yeah. own agenda to a certain extent. I think that's right. Um, I guess how it is. It, 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 yeah, and how like the the trans movement is kind of in the, the backseat and maybe, well, I guess the argument put in there is that that whole trans movement actually be seen as slowing down the other movements. Yeah. Which um, I think like obviously packaged in a funny way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, I think he, the way he did it, like the, using the analogy of the car was really hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah, so but, I, I don't know. Yeah, we're not really go ahead. parts of those groups. So I, like, I don't know if it's slowing down the other. I think just like one of the issues, I, like identify more as like this one thing. And then they make that one thing, like their entire identity. Like, like I'm first and four off. Like I'm a I'm a trans or I'm I'm a gay person. I, I think that's like a part of your person. Yeah, it seems like yeah you should. But I guess the whole point is bringing awareness to that, and so that's what's put to the front of the agenda. Yeah. So I I, I completely understand that. I think yeah you do people as a whole. Yeah, there are differences, and embrace those differences, and it's good to acknowledge those differences. But maybe if if you Maybe maybe certain people tend to push forward their their differences and want to highlight that to the point of it uh, that consuming their identity as a overall person. Yeah, yeah, I think, and maybe that that can be the challenge. But that just is one of those things where if it's so suppressed that the natural tendency is to for that thing expand to rise it. Up. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, yeah, I think, uh, but I think I think the overall thing is the, the the whole critics and the audience score. It's like one oh one. Yeah, I think maybe another one like that. I don't I don't know if it was like Dumb and Dumber, where the critics reviewed it just like terribly or something, and the audience just loved it. Yeah. Um, maybe like from from a cinematographer or whatever the word is from a cinematography perspective. Yeah, certain movies aren't great, yeah. but just 
they can be a cult classic and then all of a sudden rise up. So from a critical perspective, it, it's not the greatest. And with this, yeah, maybe Dave Chappelle was lacking in in the way that it was brought to the table. But still, a 0%, I think yeah. that kind of just speaks to kind of the maybe the aggression in terms of uh, the content rather than than just the overall performance yeah and the, the thing too like it wasn't just the zero percent there was that whole uh cancel culture outlash against him like he can't make jokes about these things because he's not part of it like cancel him and dave chappelle to get like a champ and he's like say what i'm gonna say as a comment yeah that, um, which is yeah it, it was interesting that he brought up louis ck in there too yeah and how louis ck has just you know just been pushed off to the periphery as 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 being this horrible, horrible human being. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, people do make mistakes. And what he did there was just pretty, was pretty rough in terms of uh, how he handled his whole masturbation thing. Yeah. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's the devil. No. You know? And, and the thing and is, like, it's something that we tr- would never do, obviously. Like, yeah, but also super fucked up. Yeah, but he's not on. He's not even nearly on the same spectrum as as uh, like Harvey Weinstein uh, and all those. Yeah, people, like people that were actually like, and Bill Cosby. Yeah, you know, legitimately raping people. Yeah, what he did was on the spectrum of being, you know, awful and creepy. But you know, there's there's a spectrum to it, and just because you show up, you know, on the spectrum and make a mistake like that. I don't think, you know, there, again, there are levels and obviously this is a sensitive topic, but there are levels and it's just amazing just how demonized he is as a, as a public figure, you know, and because you don't hear anything from him these days aside from him doing some stand up in certain places and it just being very awkward. Yeah. And like, that's, I think that was another good point that he brought up in the special. He's like, so is this guy just supposed to like never work again? Is there no redemption for him? No matter what he does, like, he can never have a job because he yeah. did this. Like, is that really the culture that we yeah. want to and it, live in? I think. I mean, you look at. I love that whole saying. Every every saint's got every sinner's got a future, and every saint's got a past. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at a guy like I don't know, in school we read about like Malcolm X. You get a guy who's just a dirtbag of a person for a huge portion of his life, and he goes away for he goes away to prison for you know burglary or attempting burglary or being accomplice to burglary, and then he goes to prison for a while, and he completely changes, and he comes out and does you know an incredible amount of of good in some re- respects for fighting for uh, noteworthy uh, cause and a, a good cause. Yeah. Um, and then he continues to develop and, and, and make changes to his efforts, you know, one becoming a, a black Muslim and trying to be used like by any means necessary type of tactics to forward the black agenda. And then he realizes kind of the mistake by making a, a Hajj to Mecca and realizes that like, you know, all pe- people are people, you know, like there's white people, black people all different colors on the spectrum but you know like they unite under this one area out of like love um and you know just the character not not even the character development but the the development of this human being you acknowledge the flaws of people but there's still a shit ton of good 
and to our society now where if it if you make one mistake uh people try and cancel you out and say that you're the devil and yeah. i think that is a huge problem yeah and i, I think it's, it's it's showing up again like i think we're just regressing as a society because like malcolm x was able to get past it by any means necessary and uh stop like the violence right and talk speak out against it and like if you look at the political climate now we're going right he wasn't back in for a while until they shot him. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing that probably got him killed. But uh, but then you you look at today's society, we're we're regressing right back to that any means theory. Like if you look at Antifa and the anti-fascists, and they're saying like it's okay to punch a Nazi and all this stuff, but then they just say everyone's a Nazi, so it's okay to punch everybody. You're just condoning violence. Like, what's the end game of that? Like, let's say let's say you the anti-fascists win. What are they going to do with like all the people that they consider Nazis? If you take something by violence, what's what's the the way forward after that? Just a continued suppression. So what does that lead to? I don't know. They beat them up. They throw them in prison. Do anything to suppress them. To a pretty rough society, which is like hilarious in its in its uh, irony again. Because like at that point, if you're jailing dissidents, you just turned into the fascists, right? <laughs> That's what it would seem like. So it does irony in what they present. Like, yeah, it's it's nuts. And I, th- I think a lot of this is just promoted by uh, the way that media is monetized. Like, media yeah. is monetized by outrage because they have the the ad revenue where you just need clicks, and it doesn't really matter. The best way to generate clicks, people all fired up, right? Yeah, that's like that. Yeah, whole Facebook thing, that model where it's just like aggression and outrage and whatever is going to piss off people they put it into their news feed so they get more clicks and more activity and it's just it creates just kind of an awful awful presence online yeah and i I don't i think the only way that it's going to go forward is we're just going to have to like sit down as you know what it's okay for you to do something different than these that's fine just don't hurt and that's why i think i think these the, some of the latest comedians that I or specials that I've seen, I think, are really good in terms of um, just the fighting back of this overly PC culture. And so, yeah, I think that some of the stuff on Dave Chappelle's uh, special were a little bit um, edgy, uh, but I think that he, who else is going to bring up that that the conversation? You know? Yeah. Everybody else is demonized right away for any type of civil discourse, and so it's it's important for you know the the art side of things, the comedians, to be able to provide that type of uh, critique on society. And yeah, maybe a hundred percent of it wasn't correct, but I think there's some truth in there, and it brings up a dialogue so that to better approach these types of conversations. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it, we've definitely seen a trend in comedy lately of pushing back hard. It's almost like we, we've reached the tipping point where now people aren't really afraid. Or it seems like they're beginning to, to realize, like the Twitter mob, they only have the power that you, to the Twitter mob, then that's when you get in trouble. And if you just say what you're going to say, there's not really anything a thousand people on Twitter can do to affect your life. Unless they swat you. Yeah, they can. I just I read an, uh, an article. I just saw an article about some. I don't know what he like a thirteen year or maybe maybe I don't know maybe he, uh, he whatever age he was he was probably eighteen because he's going to jail for like eighteen months. I think he got swatting charges. 
Yeah. Well, there was a, a really big uh, video game community Which, where a video game. We should, game we should break that down for anybody listening who didn't know what the Swati is. Oh, yeah. So uh, let, let me say this example and it'll kind of explain. So in the video game community, like on Twitch, like where they someone will stream themselves playing and uh, a bunch of people watch. So what what happened was some kid on the internet like figured out the guy's IP address you can find out there. And then they call in saying, hey, this guy at this address has bought like a bunch of bomb materials. And they said that they were planning on doing, can you go check it out? So like the whole, how this started was like, since you're on Twitch and people are recording themselves, like when the SWAT team shows up to break in, that's all recorded on the internet. And so they have people getting swatted on, on video. Yeah, it's a, well, this is the, the messed up thing was uh, there was a guy who was streaming a game on Twitch and he got swatted and the cops killed him. Oh man. I think I heard about that. Yeah. I think this is, that might be the same guy who's getting arrested now. And that's so tough for like police too, because you know, you get this, you know, supposedly useful bits, this, this credible bit of information that someone has been very detrimental bombs or whatnot. And so you're trying to act from a place of, of extreme caution, um, and protection to your teammates and yourself and yeah. and people around you. And so you have, you know, may, kind of like the, a necessity to use deadly force, but it's all made up, which is just awful. Yeah. And imagine like that guy had like his whole life and like because of a joke, like how that affects his entire family, all this stuff. But uh, yeah, but like that's, that's a, uh, but also, like, as a police officer, you need to take that seriously, right? You can't just be like, well, it's probably just a joke. And then you walk in and some dude's got 40 pounds of C4 and sets it off or something, right? Like, blows up the entire Yeah. Oh, how do we get out of that spot? I think you were, you were just talking about, like, the 12-year-old kid charges yeah. an adult. It's just, it's just yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just the power. Yeah, so the, the Twitter mob, yeah. Generally speaking... A bunch of people ranting and raving with comments and stuff like that. You can just turn off that, turn off your Twitch or something. But, yeah, just you know, it. there's cases where it can impact your whole life, too. Yeah, if someone um, decides to do something physically. and Yeah, for sure. Like posting your address or something. On Docs, call, and then people ask. sending you a bunch. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah, it's, a, it's, the, it's the fear of something that doesn't necessarily have the power to do much. And it's just a bunch of, like... You know, mostly these uh, people who, who, I don't know, you know, you get these mobs of people that, you know, don't, aren't really reflective of what the greater society is doing, but have such a, a powerful uh, approach because they can get in your head because that's all that you're seeing. So maybe not reflective of what's going on in society, but the, the mob mentality and being surrounded by that if you're just inundated by what you see on the internet pulled away in a a not so great direction yeah yeah i think and i think that's important like even at dave Chappelle's stand-up people were laughing in the crowd a lot of people were like right yeah i think normal people aren't the one like you mean just your average yeah your average your average everyday person person. they're yeah they they can laugh at a just funny but because all we see in the media is like the microcosm that gets very offended and starts petitions and calls your work and all this stuff that we kind of think that that's how everybody is right because that's all that we're seeing we don't see like like a story on 
CNN about the how many ten thousand people in the stadium that were laughing. Yeah, you see it. But yeah, the fifty people in the game are getting mad. I think the danger is when you just have like media projecting this over and over and over again, and then that feeds into your normal, your everyday people who begin to believe these things. Oh, I agree. And, that, and that's kind of what, uh, this kind of goes in perfect to the, the pod city, the mega city pods. Um, so there, yeah. there's an article on C. Uh, so this lady, Elvina Black, the CEO of Podshare, she uh, basically, she was born in the Soviet Union and she liked the idea of the government giving you everything in the communist state. And it was like, I, I kind of want to make this available to everybody. So uh, basically there's a bunch of shared houses in LA and San Francisco, where for twelve hundred bucks a month, you can have a a twin size bed, with it, and they provide you like whatever food there is. But these pods are just like basically bunk beds, like three high, ten deep in these houses. So like you're you're basically like living in a. But the media is saying like this this is a great idea on how to solve the short the housing shortage in big cities, and it, it's like they're promoting this way of living. Where it seems like the the better thing for me, instead of spending twelve hundred dollars a month on this pod, is maybe maybe living in San Francisco or L.A. or any big the greatest thing in the world if you can. Yeah, it'd be, and yeah, with those those homeless populations just exploding in those areas, I I wonder it'd it'd be interesting to put this idea to the test. But that's the thing: and if they like, can, these things cost twelve hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Like they're not for for, for people to pay, right? Yeah. So if you're working at, you know, just a, uh, maybe like a McDonald's or something, can you afford to, how much? So let's say, oh, how much? I wonder what the what you get paid in Los Angeles to work at McDonald's. Probably. Well, it's fifteen. Think? I think like, it's fifteen dollar an hour minimum. So let's assume it's fifteen bucks an hour. So thirty thousand a year minus taxes. And, yeah. So like so, twenty four thousand. Say twenty four thousand, and then your pods are twelve. So roughly twelve thousand. What is it like fifteen thousand? So yeah. So well, let's say ballpark estimate. If you're making twenty four thousand, that's two thousand a month. So you you have eight hundred dollars left. So I mean, if it can support someone with you know very nominal with a nominal earning power. It's. I think it's. It's an idea worth exploring, um, and ah, I yeah. I I don't see too much fault with it. I mean, I I don't see a fault. I see a fault in the media saying like, here's a solution. Now you can you basically live as a wage slave to live in a yeah live in a box with a bed and a TV and that's it. For it definitely helps out the corporation that's running it because they collect an easy twelve. Hundred, yeah, from however many people, but also yeah. like it, it also makes it so they don't have to solve what the actual underlying issues are, which like in San Francisco is the insane laws about building, like people squatting in your place, and it's impossible to get something. Like I think your brother was yeah. talking about, like there's there's like projects that are just wait, they're just sitting there, they're just waiting because these don't want more stuff. And this is like a way around it, I guess. But like, is that really a yeah. fulfilling living in a, a box with a bed in it? And you're like, hey, I'm in the big city. I'm doing great. You don't even get a door. Like, you're just in basically cell block. 
I know, but like, let's say you don't have that many other options, you know? Maybe it's not the greatest of things, but maybe it is a good temporary solution where you live in your in your pod for a year or two years and you work towards something else or work on getting the hell out of that area. Like you said, and yeah. go to somewhere else that's more sustainable. You can spend 1200 a month and get a, uh, a 1200 square foot apartment for the same price. Oh, yeah. Or you go to Montana for 1200 a month. You can get an entire house like for the mortgage payment. Like, like um, I, th- I think the thing is like, they're like the, the media is like, said like basically if you're not living in a city you're not successful i think that's kind of like the standard like way that everyone thinks and we're becoming more of like a city-based society though you know Mm -hmm. where farms are getting bought up so it's like the big commercial farmers are the ones just making making a sustainable living in farming and so then people get pushed from the rural area rural areas to the cities and uh, you're kind of being forced into this environment. Yeah. Well, kind of, but I mean, there's still small towns everywhere, right? Yeah, that's true. And like, and like, this is the thing, like the, the, the girl who started this, she's like, I want to live my life. uh, No pets, no family. No, like, that's great. But like, why, why is that? Why is that better than like maybe moving out to a small town? Like if you don't have this to get a high paying job in a city, then why is living in a box with a bed and a TV, a hundred other people better than moving out? Then maybe people don't successful or whatever, but who cares what people like? Why? Why? I just don't understand. Like, why as a culture, we value that you could be having so much more uh, living quality by just ignoring yeah, I I, th- I don't know. I don't know if I agree with her idea that, well, I definitely don't agree. I wouldn't want to live in this pod community. Oh, pet. Like, I, I, I've grown up with pets, and I love having pets. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to give up that for, but if, sir, I, I look at it as a temporary thing and to get people on their feet. But if you want to continue to live in that environment, by all means, do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna say like these and, environments shouldn't exist. But I'm just who, curious why this is an attractive thing. Yeah. Well, I can if, again for the temporary side of things, I can completely understand that. But for long term, I don't think very many people would want to do that. Yeah. Especially what I mean with your pod. Like, what happens when you do have a family? That's the thing. I, I think basically remain forever single. <laughs> like I think, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it goes into like the hookup culture and like in the um, war against the fan. Yeah, I've, yeah. There's a lot of implications out of that type of uh, living environment. What what that does to a society, but uh, also like even if it is a if they're trying to use it as something to fix the homeless situation, there was that whole situation when when um, at least with this you're paying money. You have to pay money to to live there. Yeah. They had some type of situation where they tried to create free housing for homeless people. The housing project. Uh, housing projects. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, housing projects in general. I think there was, maybe I'm thinking of something in particular where they created, like, free housing, and it sounds exactly like housing projects. The homeless population, anybody that moved in there, the homeless that moved in, they, because a lot of the housing projects for people with lower income, but I think this was specifically for homeless populations that would take a person off the street yeah, and they would put them into free housing. And then he would invite all his homeless buddies in there. They would get trashed, they would do drugs, they would 
punch holes in the walls and these places got completely destroyed yeah and um again i think kind of that not really focusing on the underlying issue but more of a of a uh kind of putting some type of paint lipstick on a pig yeah you're, you're treating some a type of you're treating a symptom not the cause right and so yeah so i don't know i just thought that was an interesting story and I think, like, just looking forward, like, it, like if you just imagine these huge cities, a ton of pods, like, it seems pretty dystopian, like, a, almost yeah. like a 1984 or, like, Judge, a Judge Dredd or something. People, all they do is work, go home, sleep almost, on their pod, watch some TV. Almost like that Black Mirror thing, you know? Yeah. Where they had that, what, do you remember the name of that episode? Uh, I don't remember any of those There's names. a Black Mirror episode, all these people are in their pods or apartments and everybody's kind of single and then they're all striving to get out of this rat race and they can gain points by brushing their teeth and doing everything that a good citizen should do and exercising and you can rack up your points and then you can spend your points on you know maybe some better food or maybe you can save up and one of the guys he spent a million bucks on being able to perform in like america's got talent type of show yeah in order to show that he has talent and get into this youtuber culture get out of that yeah i could see that pod culture very quickly turning into that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you take the pod culture and then you combine it with China's social credit score. And that's literally that Black Mirror episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Be a good citizen. Don't do anything bad. Where otherwise, your social score is going to go down and you won't ever be able to get What's the latest on that social score? I think it's just, just happening. Continuing yeah. to develop it. And people are having their travel limited based on whether or not they're a good... Like, like that that's a really scary space to be in. And then apparently... They're developing it and already have developed it. Like Facebook is creating scores based on your posts. What did the score say though? Well, just like like how well you interact with others and all this stuff. But they, luckily, right now they don't mean anything. Well, actually, that's not true because now, even uh, like trying to get a loan, they'll look at your social media and see if you're at risk. Wow. That. Yeah, it's scary stuff that's going. On. Like the surveillance state is and easier and easier spreading of technology and so dig so deep live yeah and and that's just giving it away for free taking pictures of your vacation and being like hey look i was in this place last week like okay we know exactly where you are at all times i think the the, one of the most fucked up things is is google of what they do like if you have a gmail account they read everything they scan everything that you've ever sent and then they incorporate it into their big data um uh, like profile kind of model of of who you are what you and they do all these ads based on where they've read through all of your email they have like a pretty good idea as far as who you are as a, like a model yeah they know like they know all everything i've done because like you can tell because someone sends an email to my gmail account like inviting me to something shows up on my calendar and another thing that's really messed up is if you don't have a gmail account because you're opposed to what google's doing but you send an email to someone else with a Gmail account, then you're automatically on the grid because they have they read, read that email. What read what you have sent, and so they can see everything that you have sent through that interaction. Yeah, like, there's like that, yeah, there's no escape. Who yeah, who has said that it? Obviously, we've acknowledged and said that it's okay that we will accept that Google does that. 
but what right does this private company, this, I guess, public company, um, what right does this company have to read our personal information? Yeah, well, I think it's all because since America is a country run by lawyers, it's all in that end. We, we sign away all these because no Which one wants to read 47 of type two fonts. Yeah. And I wonder if in the future it'll be something similar to the credit card protections where in the past, like the credit card companies had insane amounts of power. Not to say that they don't anymore, but I think there's been a lot more push for consumer protection and, you know, having these huge, bold types as far as your your interest rate and everything. I think in the future, there's going to be some sort of opt-in for your data sharing. And um, do you want to click yes or no for this particular part of your data sharing? Can Google read everything that you send within that? Um, and I think that in the future, there's going to be some sort of regulation. I think it would be interesting if a company, I think it's already happening, actually. Companies are coming out and self-regulating. Yeah. Which I think is great. I think that that's, that's the better way to do it. Because the issue with once we keep adding all these regulations, it's impossible for startups to. Because yeah. now you need to hire a team of lawyers just to start up an app that you're not sure is going to. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the challenge is is the amount of regulation needed to protect people, regulate out all the smaller players who things. That's why I really like that so much shined on these huge tech companies is because before, like when the internet was like basically brand new. I think even Zuckerberg came out and said, like, these guys are all idiots. Like, all the users are just giving me all this data. And <laughs> and I, I think it was a thing that the average person didn't understand. But I think as we get more, it's going to be something that is, like, standard literacy for everyone. Like, yeah. you're, you're protecting your data. Just like how, like, maybe the first person to meet rival tribe, like, they never saw anybody before. So they come in and be like, hey, what's up? And then they take all their crap. Like... And then they're like, oh, we need to protect ourselves some way. And then that's kind of probably how all the weapon arm race. But I, I wonder if there's going to be a similar a similar solution in a digital sphere where someone comes out with, a, like, if the company tries to go too far on your data, maybe some sort of, like, embedded virus or something that can attack back to kind of deter them from trying to download and all this stuff. That'd be interesting. I think that'd be a yeah, it'd be an interesting idea. too far into, but you know those companies are so powerful. How it'd be so difficult to design something that can penetrate the defenses of these, even though you know the, that stuff happens all the time. Yeah, but but I think yeah. the solution's even easier. I don't think you need to even penetrate into their systems. I think it could be as easy as someone who creates like a a data a data jumbler. So, like, when they're trying to collect your data, there's, like, a, a middle process you go through that just scrambles it. Like, some sort of VPN-esque thing. Yeah. So, like, if you type your name into something, it's, like, encrypted. So, they try to get it, and now they've got a bunch of crap data that's just taking it's, up. It's tough, though, when the, the medium, though, is the, the technology itself. So, Gmail... That's the medium, you know. Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah. And and that's, it's it's your raw user information going into the medium, digested. Here's all the ads. Yeah, exactly. There's no like the, the protection would have to come from some third party filtration of giving everything that you do out to people. That's actually a great idea. So you can at least protect your outgoing. If there was a dashboard where you could log into this dashboard and then use that dashboard to log into, all, and it would like would kind of filter it before it goes out well folks there's your assignment 
Develop build it. One, I don't even know what you call it, but build it. If you build it, we will come. <laughs> well, I think that's, uh, I don't know, that's an awesome idea. That'd be cool if we could get something like that. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think the more people that end up being on this planet, the more ideas there generally are. I'm sure someone will and have the skills to follow through on. As long as China doesn't take over. Ending on All that right, note, I think you want the catchphrase generator of the day. Yeah, let's see how spot on it is. It's actually pretty Envy their improbable authority, Grandpa. So, um, a fake authority saying who is antiquated? Yeah. It's like someone that actually goes into our. We might have antiquated ideas on PC culture. And sure improbably, these people somehow convinced everyone else that they know the best. But since we're antiquated, we need to envy their authority, Grandpa. That's it, folks. Say it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Envy their improbable authority. Alright folks, there you have it. Yay! The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.